Hey there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling from Sydney, Australia, and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, this is our first show for 2018, and it is great to be back. Today, we speak to Craig Garber, who hosts a fantastic guitar podcast, Everyone Loves Guitar. Craig is based in Florida, and uh, we'll get to that conversation very soon. Before that, though, I just want to let you know we've got some great interviews coming up with artists such as Jack Jones, Chris Kemzalos, Nikki Stringfield, Ian Cook from V-Trem Guitars, and Joel Hoekstra, who, of course, is currently playing with Whitesnake, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, many other artists. So it's great to talk to Joel, and I'm really looking forward to bringing that and, and all of those interviews to you over the next few weeks. So stay subscribed or get subscribed to us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, on to my conversation with Craig Garber. Now, Craig, uh, as I said, hails from Florida in the US and last year started a podcast, Everyone Loves Guitar. Now, through an incredible work ethic and drive, Craig has already put over 150 episodes up and it's not as if he's just splattered them up there. They're actually excellent podcasts, excellent interviews and Craig brings a a really interesting perspective and background through his own uh, business career and the passion for music. So it's a pretty cool combination and I've enjoyed a lot of those episodes myself. So um, last couple I've listened to have been with uh, John Bollinger uh, from Premier Guitar and, and lots of gigs in Nashville and Jennifer Batten, who of course uh, rose to prominence playing with Michael Jackson and, and Jeff Beck and doing her own incredible solo stuff. So really cool interviews. There's, there's a bunch of others as, as well. So Craig got in touch with me last year and we ended up having a Skype call and just had a great conversation about podcasting and each other's shows and getting to know each other a little so we decided to um, interview each other for a, for a future episode so we ended up doing that just at the end of 2017 and um, yeah great to catch up and and just back and forth a little bit about podcasting so it's a different kind of a show today but I hope you really enjoy it all right let's just go to it here's my conversation with Craig Garber of Everyone Loves Guitar Hey, everybody, this is Craig Garber from Everyone Loves Guitar, and we have a a really different episode today. I'm with Matt Wakeling, who hosts the Guitar Speak podcast. Matt's out of Sydney, Australia, and Matt and I just wanted to kind of interview each other and get to know each other a little bit because we both do guitar podcasts, and we want to turn our audiences on to each other's show. So, Matt, thank you so much for uh, spending time with me here today. We had a tough time coordinating this. He's 15 hours ahead of me. (laughs) Good to be with you, Craig. Always good to catch up. It was nice, uh, nice to get your call. Likewise, man. Um, so we're going to fumble our way through this as best we can, so bear with it. But Matt's got a great show. He's a super nice guy, and I really enjoyed listening to it. I just wanted to let you guys know that and hope you guys will listen to it as well. Uh, that, being, that being said, Matt, tell everybody about your podcast. Okay. Well, um, yeah, the Guitar Speak podcast started in April 2016. Um, it really sprung out of the fact that guitar's been a, a huge part of my life since I was around 11 years old. I started playing, so super into guitar and guitar players and um, also been a fan of podcasts. So I listen to enough podcasts and, and I've spent enough time around music to think, you know what, there's there's probably a bunch of people in Australia that I'd love to talk about, about their guitar stories. And eventually that, that moved into overseas artists as well. So um we were out mostly weekly. It's not not every single week, but but I aim for a weekly show, and uh, it's an interview and often often long form, but depends on the availability of the the artists. But yeah, it's been going for you know, about twenty months, having a good time doing it. 
It's been great. Do you find that most people that you interview are open to doing a longer show and just like chilling out or are they like regimented and it depends mostly mostly I go for a long show which I really enjoy I like having the time to really dig into a lot of different areas in in detail if if the artist is up for it um over the last probably the last half of last year I started hooking up with some PR companies here in Australia so they they will have a different agenda. They'll um, say, listen, we've got Dweezil Zappa. There's a 20-minute phone interview. Do you want to take that? Um, and of course, you know, I'll say, yeah. So I've been doing a bunch of shorter interviews lately, um, but that's always initiated by my contact with a PR company. And to be honest, sure. that's been a lot of fun as well. Like if you've got 20 minutes, it really makes you think, well, what what do I really want to ask this artist? You know, what's the... What's the nuts and bolts of it? So to be honest, I've quite enjoyed the short interviews as well. But given my choice, I'll spend a long time talking to someone if, if they've got the time. Yeah, obviously. It's funny because, and if you're a PR person listening to this, please take heed. So I've had contact with about eight to 10 PR people. Mm-hmm. And four out of five of them do this. They are introduced to me usually by their own artist who says, Hey, I have, yeah, I want to do your show, but you got to talk to this person. No problem. Yeah. The PR person comes on. Hey, Craig, it's really great to meet you. And they have all this enthusiasm. And in fact, which one of my artists are you interested in? They'll send me a portfolio or list of maybe like 50 names. Okay. So I'll take the time and I'll go through these names and I'll send them back. Hey, you know, thank you for the opportunity. I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk to these seven people, whoever, 10 people, whatever, right? That's it. Then they, f- they literally will never, ever follow up again. And it's just like, so if you're a PR person and you actually get interviews for your artist, I want to salute you because you're in the top, you know, 20 plus percent of people that actually do your wow. job. And it's the weirdest thing. I don't know why. And it's just so bizarre. Like, you know, and, and I don't mean to sound negative, but it's like, you know, the thing that many years ago, I used to write a newsletter, a marketing newsletter, and my wife made up a list of things. And she said, top 10 things to aggravate Craig. And she wrote number one. <laughs> waste his time and then like number four waste his time (laughs) number six and and they like i can't stand that it's like they just wait i i don't i mean i'd rather them say no we're not interested no problem that's that's totally cool you know everything everybody's different that's not a problem but i hate when they go through the motions but that being said let me end this on a positive note i have had several pr guys where we've had really nice relationships and they've been very kind and and want to work with me and and get their orders on the show so yeah uh yeah, I don't know if it's a, a US PR thing or I don't know. I, I don't know. The companies I'm working with in Australia, they're generally um, promoting a tour of an international artist. So mm. there's there's something tangible that they're trying to get the message out about anyway. So my experiences in Australia have been really cool. Um, I have dealt with artists' PR you know, management, like their full-time management. I'm, I'm more often dealing with a PR team that have been assigned to a project, so... Dweezil's uh, Apple's okay. coming to Australia or Tara Lightfoot's touring Australia. You know, do you want to talk to her? Um, and and the PR companies, they, they get onto the idea that we're a guitar podcast. So um, we'll do more guitar-centric stuff. So yeah, right. so far it's, it's worked out really cool, actually. It's been That's cool. That's really good. End. Yeah. 
do you have guys that like have full-time PR people that have you had a, a chance to deal with them like in this situation? A, li- a little bit and I, I get what you're saying yeah often they're juggling a lot of people's schedules or whatever yeah. and 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 it's maybe up to you to chase a little more than them. Matt you're so much more diplomatic than I am. <laughs> I really appreciate you. I'm like just such a New York dude. I'm like you know these guys are wasting my freaking time. Matt's like well they're very busy. They're juggling their schedules. I love you, man. I'm hey, man, That's tell me character, character flaw. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I like your directness, so <laughs> it goes both ways. Craig, tell me about your podcast. When when did you start? And and you had a different start to me. I know to explain how you're up to yeah. episode 119. <laughs> so I started. <laughs> I started this uh, August 31st was the first podcast I dropped of this year. And just to yeah. give people a frame of reference when they're listening to this, we're recording this December 27th. So I started it almost four months ago, uh-huh. and I dropped 119 or 120 <laughs> episodes <laughs> because a buddy of mine. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but a buddy of mine who owns a podcast. I come out of the business world, so I have a lot of contacts okay. like in business. And one of my buddies owns a podcasting company. He goes, look, uh, if you drop 90 episodes in 90 days, I think that'll give you a good head start. So what do I know? I just listen to people that you know, I always try to listen to people that are smarter than me and have a knowledge base in an area that I don't. And I said, okay, sure. And I'm a worker. I have a really good work ethic and I, and I've never had a pop, a problem putting out content and, and in all the, the businesses I've owned over the years, at least, especially online, you know, I realized that content creation tends to build ahead of steam, you know, and that's how you get people to know you, like you, or dislike you, or trust you, and enjoy listening to you, or not enjoy listening to you. But you get volume, you know, you get action and uh, and uh, build up an audience quick that way. So I said, sure. So that's what I did. We are going to go to. We're really slacking uh, after the first year. We're going to cut back to five episodes a week, Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we're going to cut back. But I've got so many interviews booked and so many cool guests. It's been fun and and basically to answer the question i what we do is i interview interesting professional guitar players and i learn about their backstory mm-hmm. and you know what makes them tick their highs and lows the, the good the bad and the ugly about their lives and it, it's a it's the kind of conversation i'm gonna have with somebody if i just met you in a bar yeah and we're hanging out and i'm trying to get to know you I'm going to ask them the same questions. I don't, you know, we talk about gear a little bit, mm-hmm. but this isn't the show. If you want to know if they use nines or tens, this isn't the show for that. But if you want to know what they did when they first moved to Los Angeles or Nashville and, yeah. you know, when they were dirt broke, how did they hustle and get business? That's the kind of stuff we'll talk about. So, yeah, cool. And you seem to prefer the long format as well, don't you, to really get get stuck into things yeah yeah because see you can't you know i want to hear someone's backstory and i can't if i can get that in 15 minutes that's not a very interesting backstory you know Mm -hmm. so i want to find out what makes them tick and and most people and and they know going into it you know one thing i learned from the business and again i'm coming on the marketing side is i want to qualify my prospects okay so i talk to everybody on the phone for at least you know not for 10 minutes we have a 10 minute call 
once I, you know, in the beginning, before I, anything happens, I want to explain to them what the podcast is about and if it's a fit for them, because if they're uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that's totally cool because yeah. this is a stress-free, you know, I often tell people, you know, it's kind of like, you know, going to a good therapy session when you walk out, you feel like, wow, this is a good use of my time and energies with the exception of I am ill qualified to be anyone's therapist. That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I like the long format. I want to talk and get to, I don't, I'm not a good guy to talk about the fish on the wall in yeah, general. Yeah. I like to get to know somebody and I have no problem getting them to know me. So it's cool. Yeah. Cool, man. So what do you get out of it? What, what do you love about it at the end of the, the day? In all honesty, it's done a few things for me. First of all, I'm always inspired by people's stories. I'm an underdog sort of guy, and I like to hear about what other people did to accomplish stuff. The second thing is, and this is kind of weird, is that I didn't really develop good interpersonal communication skills till later in life. And I always like to you know, I consider that not a a, a weak. I, I think it's a strength of mine now, but at one point in time, it was a weakness. So it allows me to continually work on an area that I was really weak in, and it and it's rewarding when it works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it validates that you know, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I I was not good at doing something, and and now I'm a little better at it, and I, I feel good about that. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, how about you? What do you what do you get out of of your show most? Yeah, I, it's it's kind of twofold. I I just I love the conversations just as a standalone moment, you know. So I, I'll get off a call and um, if there's been a good sort of connection and and I always do my homework. So the artists are usually seems like they're usually appreciative if you can talk Very in detail much. about their work, of course. So um it, it's almost always a really great conversation so i just enjoy that for what it is and if if it doesn't get published yeah that would be okay for me but so that's the first part but i guess the second the second fold issue is is actually sharing the episodes and then you know getting feedback that people have enjoyed them that they've learned something new that they've uh they've found out about someone they never knew about or they've, they've heard a bit more about their favorite artist that's that's pretty cool too so the two yeah, things i guess that is go, cool when people hand in hand when you get off a call, like a really good call, do you like tell your wife, man, I just talked to this guy. He was so cool. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, like I, my wife always supports everything. I, but I could just tell sometimes she's like, okay. You know, it's almost like her, her coming to me and saying, you know, uh, they had BOGO on yogurt at the <laughs> grocery store. And I'm like, okay, that's great. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Not not everyone in your world understands what you've just spent the last hour doing, I guess. So uh Yeah, right, right. It's yeah, kinda of funny. Yeah. We I joke about it. <laughs> I just uh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, so you talked about marketing and stuff. So you you seem like you bring a lot of different skills to the podcast. Did you have a day job as such? It seems like you've got a lot of things <laughs> you've you've done. Yeah. So for the last 18 years, I've owned a marketing company where I will go in and help business owners like build a sales funnel or um, build a lead generation system away from them to attract business or improve on their current business, mm -hmm. the way they're attracting it. And what that does is it gets them 
it lowers the cost of acquiring customers and increases revenue generally. And they'll call me also, I'll come in to write ad copy for them often, okay. but I've published, uh, I published a book in 2009 on marketing and writing ad copy. I, I published a, a, a monthly paid for subscription newsletter for 10 years ended in 2016 that was about marketing and writing ad copy. I had plenty of subscribers in Australia, actually. It's quite funny. Okay. Uh, um, and then I also have like an e-commerce company and um, I do, I always have side hustles going on because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very fortunate that I've learned a lot in marketing. So it's allowed me to do, you know, dip my toe in the water and do different things. So uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm one of these guys. I like being busy. So, okay. How about you? What was your well, my your, uh, day job is day yeah yeah day job. I'm a music teacher, a school teacher, so teaching um, teaching music classes to high school high school age kids, and I love that. So I've been doing that for about ten years, and um, and that's awesome. That really ties into everything really. Um, before that, I was I was playing guitar, teaching guitar, um, and I was working as at a church as a church music director for about ten years. Um, before all that, really so yeah. Apart, apart from th oh, about three or four years out of school, when I was just doing office kind of jobs, I've, I've been doing music-related stuff in some way. So that's yeah, I feel blessed. That's really cool. The um, you know, here I don't think I don't. I would say less than one half of one percent of schools still have music music programs. I've been hearing that about the states. That's really. Oh, I was gonna say interesting. It's really it sounds sad to me. No, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. In Australia, it's 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 mandatory. So for high school, which is you know my my age group, um, the first two years of high school, you have to do one hundred hours of music, and then oh, wow. then you get to choose right. if you're going to continue or not. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, here I think church is the like almost probably seven yeah, fifty to. 75% of all the guitar players I interview played in church okay. or church music was a main, a very important part of their life. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's where they're, they're working out those muscles now in church, not in, and it's a big business. Like I've met retailers that, you know, actively seek church accounts. Cause you know, a church will drop 20 grand on a, on a music, a PA system and a full music a whole thing and without even thinking about it. Yeah, sure sure yeah. yeah well for me I, I wasn't brought up in church but I started going when I was around 16 and, and started playing in the church band and um, just from a, a music perspective um, you know aside from the issues of faith and community and all that other stuff which is which is great um, playing with other people blew my mind and, and working with um, semi-professional and professional musicians at the church I went to um, was incredible in terms of being mentored and um, yeah, being shown how it's done. So yeah, I feel feel quite yeah. quite lucky that that's how things fell for me. A lot of players. I just interviewed. Do uh, you know who um, Robin Thicke is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I interviewed his guitar player a couple of weeks ago, and he's very big in a lot of churches out there in okay. California. Yep. Massive churches, yeah. And he's does a lot of church work. So yeah, right. it's it's a very common thing nowadays. Yeah, I um I loved your interview with Jerry McPherson. He was he sounded like he was in the same boat. Jerry's a really good guy. Yeah, I still get. At the, it was funny because his interview was like three hours, and at the end of it, he goes, he goes, uh, 
well, Craig, if anybody actually makes it to the end of this, I feel like we should give them something. And I said, okay, give them a free music lesson. He goes, great. Well, like, I don't know, once every two, three weeks, I get, I get an email. I got one today. Hey, I just finished that third interview. How do I get that? How do I claim my music lesson? It was quite funny. He's, he's actually, uh, he's interviews one of the most popular ones because he's been in Nashville as, as an A-list first call guy for probably 30 years. Yeah, wow. He's very, very well known there, and and he's you know very successful. His son, Miles McPherson, is a drummer, and Miles is actually voted CMA Country Music uh, Drummer of the Year, I think this year or last year. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I love yeah. I love that interview. You know, I devoured those three interviews in one go. I was I was doing stuff around the house. I just had the earbuds in and. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm I assumed glad. you were joking it's about the good. free music lesson, so I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, hassle it, you. Well, I said that and Vince Gill's phone number because you know the story about Vince Gill is that it was really funny. You know, he said, you know, Vince just checks into a hotel and uses his own name, Vince Gill, and Jerry goes like, Vince, what do you do? And he goes, What do you mean? He goes, You checking under your own name? He goes, Yeah. He goes, well, What do you do when people call you? He goes, I talk to him, and I've told that story, and I've to like honestly 15 20 guys and i i have not had the good fortune of meeting vince yet but i will but every one of them said that that's just the way he is he's just the gentlest sweet lovely guy and he's just you know that's just him and he's just yeah, really cool yeah. really unpretentious yeah nice and he's um he's just got the the eagles gig which is yeah amazing yeah what a bunch of talent on that stage yeah Hey, Craig, what, what's your guitar story? Like, I can see a bunch of sweet-looking guitars uh, in the uh, in the Skype video here. What's what's your background yeah. in guitar? Man, I've, I've always... I was a musician as a kid. I played saxophone. Mm -hmm. I've had very, like, over the years, one or two failed attempts at starting to play guitar. I don't know why. I've always been head over heels, passionate about it, about mm -hmm. guitar music. And finally, two years ago, you know, I'm 54, and, you know, like, when you hit 50, you start thinking about, or I did anyway about just, you know, having more fun. Like, you know, you, you, your mortality is, is kind of not to be morbid because I don't actively think of that, but you know, if, if there's a time now is the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to start playing guitar. So I did, I started playing two years ago and I, I play almost every day and um, I, I love it. it. It's done wonders for me. I, I'm a really driven person and to the point where I am, I have not and really didn't do a good job of being in the present. Mm -hmm. And playing guitar has changed all that because, you know, Matt, when you're playing, you, you can't think about, you know, some disagreement you have with a student earlier this week or, you know, the new principal that's coming in here next week, right? Mm -hmm. you got to be right there playing and that's it. And yeah. in in doing that, it felt so liberating and free to me that oddly enough, I literally have done that in every area of my life mm -hmm. wow. where I'm, I'm here now, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, and it's really been so, you know, real special to me and I've enjoyed my life more, my, my children more. Um, and, and I'm really grateful for that, you know? So, uh, that guitar you're looking at that's a 335 i bought that in nashville about a month and a half ago i haven't played anything since and i don't uh -huh. i don't i don't you know i've got a les paul a couple of strats an sg and a a telly but that that 335 um it just 
I've always wanted that. I've always been infatuated with Freddie King and his tone. Yeah, and nice. For some reason, I don't sound like Freddie, Matt. Go figure. But <laughs> I just love that guitar. Yeah. So, how, how about you? What's your guitar journey been like? So um, you've been playing a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I started when I was around 11. There was a guitar around the house, but no one really played it. And um, it was through school. It was through high school. We had a music program. Um, funny we were talking about that before and I just there was a uh, we had some lessons and I just I loved it I just loved it I wasn't very good but I loved it and um, just hung in there so after a couple of years of playing uh, Happy Birthday and Jingle Bells um, started getting into some some rock playing Um, my older brother had a really great record collection so he's six years older than me and he he was always playing stuff like ACDC um lots of rock but but other stuff too he's into elton john and the police and the cure so great, was, great great music yeah so i was hearing a lot of stuff i was hearing like the really obvious guitar stuff the acdc stuff like he would show me stuff he'd say listen to this um and then there was yeah the the more atmospheric guitar stuff was was i guess sinking into my head some somehow as well so yeah got into it um like i said playing at church became a really um big thing it, a big big musical influence and then um yeah, started playing functions and and uh, clubs and, and weddings and all that kind of stuff. So I still do all of that stuff today. I still still love it. Um, That's so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So it, have you have you met a lot of people? I'd imagine through playing guitar. Um. Yeah. I mean, I met my wife. We were both in the the church. You really? That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> we're both in the youth band. Uh, she was the singer. I was the guitar player, and uh, we were just friends for a long time. And um, so yeah, that's that's probably the the biggest. That's awesome. uh, how long how long have you guys been together? Been married twenty three years. Awesome man, congratulations. Yeah, Good for you. thank that's you. That's real nice to hear. Yeah, that's really nice. So um, that's, that's great. Yeah, so through music, that's the biggest name drop I've got. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a poor, that's important, man. That's the best one you can have. That's great, man. It's really nice yeah. to hear that. But well, um, this is really fun. I. I know a guy from the gym and we were talking one day and he plays keyboards and we got together a couple of times and played. Next thing I know, he's telling me, he goes, look, I just, I'm getting married. I want you to play at my wedding. And I'm like, I thought he was joking. I'm like, (laughs) I I, I didn't even really like, I said, okay, yeah. And he goes, no, no, I'm serious. And I'm like, and I was kind of not really sure why. I mean, I'm an, I'm an average guitar player, but he said, look, I just, there's one song I want to play and I want to, my, my wife's going to walk down and me, you and a drummer will play it. So it's really cool. I've been practicing and I, it's That's my awesome. first time really playing with other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a bit of an addiction. I, I'm going to be really disappointed when like this wedding thing goes away <laughs> and I have nothing left to do. I'm going to try to have to find someone else to play with. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, for me, that's one of the, the, um, just the wonderful things about music. You know, you get a few people together you all you all play your little part and somehow it all sticks together and it's makes this big this bigger thing i I love that i've always loved that well and it feels so good yeah but you're right because this is truly a thing where the sum of the parts really are greater than the whole absolutely yeah you know again not having but just being all relatively new to me like I'm playing my thing and I, I don't, it's just my little part and the keyboard and the drums and all that. But the whole thing is like, wow, this sounds much more, much more powerful than, than I would have thought, you know, mm-hmm. which is really cool. 
very cool yeah it's, it's an exciting thing i had an interesting gig a few weeks ago it was um it was just a, a covers a covers band thing um i was filling in for a guitar player but what i found out closer to the gig it's a six-piece band um and, good size yeah yeah it was, it was two singers guitar bass drums uh keys i think i think that's it but um what i found out close to the gig only the drummer was an original member of the band everyone else was a sub holy and, uh, <laughs> crap that's really funny what happened is like off week or something uh yeah i think so i think there's lots of people booked elsewhere i don't know i don't know but i took the gig it was, it was fine but it was awesome because the, the musicians are good players and um it's all repertoire everyone knows so it's not yeah i had to learn maybe three or four songs out of four sets so i knew you know like the other guys we've, we've all played those songs but what what the fun was was everyone was probably a little bit more on their toes because it wasn't the same people it wasn't the same arrangements even so you're just listening to one another but um but it was a great gig because you know good players listening and and watching out was um was awesome it's your own little community on stage yeah. so it ended up being a great gig loved it so that's awesome man i'm really glad yeah. to hear that yeah i'm i'm hope to look forward to do more stuff like that once this little thing is over yeah do it man what do you like to listen to what's what's your thing I, you know i have a any good guitar stuff pretty much but i'm mostly blues pentatonic rooted kind of guy like i i listen to a lot of old school blues you know mike bloomfield freddie king right um stuff along those lines but i also listen to david gilmore jeff beck and uh a lot of stoner rock as i was telling you out of the netherlands mm -hmm. but the kind of stuff i listen to is all seems to be if not pentatonic bass but just that you know very soulful i'm not into shredding kind of stuff mm -hmm. i i could appreciate it like i interviewed somebody named bill Lanero, and he's a great player and his album just came out and it's like top 50 albums of the last 50 years i think wow and it's like he's ripping it i interviewed jennifer batten who's obviously an amazing guitar player i'm not you know i could appreciate the music for what for the talent but the stuff that makes me like you know really feel something is all tends to be blues sort of based mm -hmm. how about yourself um yeah it's kind of changed over the years oh, it's 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 developed i guess i i've still got that acdc that very primal rock and roll thing if I ever Absolutely. get to play any stuff like that, I love it. I love it. Um, so I think that early stuff kind of sticks, sticks with you. But um, I think I think I just guess as I got older, my ears got a little bit bigger. Um, being around different players, got into funk and and jazz stuff um, in my later teens. Um, really, a big thing in more recent years was when I when I wanted to go into full time music teaching, I had to get a music degree. Even though I'd been playing for a bunch of years, I was very much a self-taught oh, wow. musician. So yeah, at the age of uh, I was thirty or thirty-one, went off to um, went off to university and um, heard lots of great stuff. So the the university I went to had a lot of emphasis on twentieth-century um, classical music. So um, it's basically the weird stuff when people when composers got uh, sick of trying to retread Bach or Beethoven or Mozart, they started getting a little kooky. So, um, you know, incorporating a lot of chromatic ideas or um, just strange ensembles. So, yeah, I got into a lot of contemporary classical then, stuff like Steve Reich and um, 
and I guess pop music that that had been influenced by that stuff. So when you say stoner rock, I was probably listening to a lot of um, post rock, which is not dissimilar. Um, some of these like long form kind of rock tunes with lots of um, you know textures and um, like what like, like the Who, like mm. a long rock opera. Uh, kind of bands like um, Sigur Ross is maybe the most commercially known one. Um, Radiohead was was huge around then, sort yeah, of the two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. So stuff that kind of took off from there, I guess. Um, uh, Godspeed, you Black Emperors, this kind of post-apocalyptic post-rock band from from Canada. I was listening to a lot of that stuff. Um, it's called Godspeed. Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Wow. Okay. It's um, yeah. It's just intense. It's just everything's intense. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Do, do you ever like feel like I often feel when I was younger, I had my hands around the music scene, all the music that was out there, and I have no clue, you know, relative to like the music that's out there. There's no, I don't know anything. I feel like. Oh yeah, I think we're all there. I think you bump into what you bump into, but there's there's always so much more. Well, when you talk about blues guys, you know, I I thought ACDC was heavy rock, but as I got a little older, I understood. Well, you know, they're just like Chuck Berry supercharged or something. Yeah, that's and, what I always call them, Chuck Chuck Berry with a with with distortion pedals. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So you know, you for me, then I went backwards. Okay, who were the blues guys? Um, so that's how I sort of got into blues a little bit backwards um, through rock. But it's all connected somewhere, and I, that's what I find fascinating. It, it, it really is fascinating to figure out where it came from where. And what are you playing out of? What, what's your guitars of choice? Okay, so I've got my main electric. I'm mainly an electric player. Um, my main electric is a, a parts caster, essentially. It's, it's a Strat-style guitar. Um, I got it. I've had it for over 20 years, and I've just eventually... Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's a bit of a mess. I call it the Matto Caster, because um, it's essentially a Stratocaster. It's a, a Warmoth neck, which had no name on it when I when I bought it through Warmoth. They they you know they just have a blank headstock. So um, people would say, "What's that guitar?" So eventually, I put a sticker Matto Caster on that. Um, <laughs> so that's that. It's um, uh, it's got a Seymour Duncan single coil pickup in the neck. It's got a Damasio humbucker in the bridge and um it's just like an old pair of shoes it's just this old beaten up guitar which uh it's great though yeah i love it i always always come back to it so that's that's the number one and um i mean i've got i think i've got six or seven guitars i don't have a huge collection but the the second one which i really love um i had built three years ago it's a custom it's the only custom guitar i've ever had built it's a pat keegan uh telemaster so pat keegan's lovely guy um from sort of the mid south coast of New South Wales on the east coast of Australia and um, builds these beautiful kind of vintage style um, guitars, very much Telecaster or Jazzmaster influence. So mine's sort of like a cross between a Fender Jazzmaster body and a uh, Fender Telecaster. So that's that a cool guitar. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. I really like that guitar too. So between those two, they're the ones I'll play, play out most. That's really cool. I've heard so many people uh, that I've interviewed have have a parts caster with a warmoth neck. Okay. So you're not, and I, you know, I, and we are a member of the same forums, I think, on some of the Facebook groups. Yeah, I've seen yeah, post. I see you, yeah. 
And and I see people posting. They love you know a, a lot of people with warmth. They love the warmth necks. So I mean, there's something to that, obviously. Yeah, they're a cool company. Um, when I where are they out of? Oh, they're in the states. Uh, is it California? They might be. They might be West Coast. Let's, let's look right now. Warmoth guitars. The way R M O U T H. Yeah. While you're looking, I mean, to get one in Australia in '92 or '93, whenever I got it, um, you had to you had to order it through. There was only one distributor in Australia. That was a shop called Pro Music, Pro Audio. Sorry. Oh wow. So they're in Canberra, which is, you know, a few hundred kilometers from from where I live. So. You would, you would ring them or send them a letter explaining what, what you wanted. They would then get in touch with Warmoth. Um, so it took a few months. It's, it was this big round trip. But, um, yeah, it's it's just the neck that that kind of fits uh, my uh, hair now. That's They got actually a pretty extensive uh, website here. They've, they're doing a lot of stuff, but yeah. they are out of a place called, I don't know how to pronounce this, Puyallup. Pulley up, P U Y A L L U P, pile up. Okay. I don't know how you pronounce it. Pile up, Washington. It's Washington State, so it's oh, just Washington north. State, so up north. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's north, the northwesternmost state in the country. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Gotcha. So yeah, I guess it's pretty cold up there. Not not much else to do but build guitars and. Oh, it's cold up there. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. It's actually I was there coming from Florida where everything's incredibly flat we were uh my family and i vacationed there about i don't know eight or nine eight years ago maybe it's literally maybe one of the most breathtakingly beautiful places i've okay. ever been awesome. it's really pretty yeah wow. really spectacular so hey um i've i've heard you say on your show you're going to head to nashville for the um is it the summer name or the winter name i it's went the winter, up there on va- yeah no no it's actually summer name winter name is in uh i think it's anaheim california that's oh, going okay. on like that's- couple like, of days a couple of weeks yeah something like that was, next yeah. week or the week after but i'll probably be at nashville for summer now you know what happened was i went there for vacation you know the the nature of these interviews that i do they're they're pretty personal so you you know i've been very fortunate i get to connect with a lot of different people and i find musicians in general are again spending you know i've been working for myself for 20 years and and the business world people are not as open and willing to be as vulnerable emotionally as artists are. And so I used to interview people once a month when I published my newsletter. Mm-hmm. And and some of it was me. I didn't ask the same questions, but people just tended to be more business-ish. Okay. But um, – I, the a lot of the people I've interviewed are just wonderful people, and we we have a, a really nice connection. So, I had not had a vacation this year, and and my wife and I both she's a a realtor, so she works for herself, and so we we both were like, hey, let's just go away for a few days. So I I went up to Nashville, I drove up there from Tampa, which it, I've never did a. I never did a drive that long on my own, just 10 hours, but it was, mm-hmm. I just listened. It was great, man. I listened to music for 10 hours. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I hadn't done that. I can't remember the last time I got to do something like that. So I just like smoke cigars and listen to music for 10 hours. Straight. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife was like, Hey, get all your guitar stuff, you know, out of your system the first few days and then I'll fly up. And I was like, great. That'd be awesome. Nice. So that's exactly what I did. So 
you know, it was nice. I got to hang out with a lot of the guys that I interviewed, you know, had a couple of drinks, just very relaxing. And then my wife came up and we got to have a good time and it was cool. Nice, man. Very cool. So yeah, I hope to be going back to Summer Nam. Okay. Yeah, that, but that'll be in two thousand, you know, eighteen, whatever that is, summertime, so June mid, or July, mid year for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mid year for us. So. Gotcha. And will you do any like podcast kind of stuff there? Probably not. I don't think so. I mean, I'll go up there and you know maybe network, but I'm really, uh, I'm when I'm off, I'm off. I don't want to work. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm really, I don't know if it's good or, but I when I. I work so hard that when I stop, it's like, it's like a train going from a hundred miles an hour to zero. I just like collapse, man. I just need to do nothing. And that's why I'm, I'm dropping back the podcast to just five days a week because I'm like, I need to, I need to relax more. You know, I need to, 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 uh, you know, just have more fun with this. And I don't, it's going to be interesting to see the numbers. I have a funny feeling that it won't be impact or they may even go up actually. Okay. I could be wrong. We'll see. It's yeah. funny because I don't know about you, but you get addicted to looking at those numbers. Yeah. And I, yeah. And how many, how many, you know, listens you have. And I don't want, and I noticed that happening and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to back off because I need to, anytime if something else is like taking over me, which does not happen often. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like to be a slave to anything. You know, that's, that's kind of why I work for myself, but I don't, you know, even something that I've made myself. So I've created this, uh, this, you know, obsession looking at the numbers. So I need to just, you know, <laughs> drop, you know, self, self-correction or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, something sprung to mind when you were talking about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the other thing with, with being at, at NAM for this kind of personal interviews you like to do, probably a trade show is not the, the ideal forum for that anyway. Right, but I'll have my business card. Yeah, nice. And it's kind of cool because, like, now I'll get I'll call someone, or I'll get referred to someone, and I'll call them, and I'm like, and like, oh man, I love your show, and I'm like, it's kind of funny, like the first time that happened. I don't know if that happened to you. It's like, you know, you see the numbers yeah. get, getting bigger, but you don't. It, this is empty. I mean, it's not tangible. You can't like, you don't know who's listening. So when yeah, someone yeah, says, yeah. Oh, so people actually listen to this thing. Yeah. It's like almost a surprise. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, Oh, that's cool. You really? So heard yeah, it's, it, it's nice now, you know, and, and, uh, I'll approach people and, and, and I could say to them, Oh, uh, you've played with this one, this one I've interviewed, you know, these 12 people already. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's good street you know that's another thing that cranking out all these episodes has done it's like built up some decent street cred yeah oh for sure for sure you know? i think we're saying off off air i'm not i'm sure we've been talking for so long i can't remember what we said before i hit red but um yeah once you get a few people uh who are known on your show yeah obviously that helps build momentum as well so yeah that's awesome yeah. and you've, you've pulled some great great players already in the few months you've been going that's so good Thanks. Yeah, I've been, this is, you know, I've done a lot of side hustles over the last 20 years, but I have to honestly say none of them have grown as organically as this. None of them. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of projects, but this is just like, that's why I want to monetize this thing because 
I'm exactly where I, the universe is telling me I'm exactly where I need to be. Uh-huh. So I have to, you know, take this all the way. Yeah, yeah. So when you say monetize, what what sort of plans have you got? Well, I a little. We're gonna have a bunch of different things. I, I don't want to say now because I'm sure. the kind of guy I don't. Uh, a I don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. Yep. So I don't want to talk about stuff until mm-hmm. you know, like I come from a marketing background. So everything is a test and that's just the way you're trained. You know, yep. anything you do is a test. Some of it may work. Some of it may not work, but I know that if you put enough stuff out there, something's going to happen. You know, I've already been approached by, you know, artists to, to help them put projects together. So I think some things like that are going to happen. Um, I'm going to probably look to do some, the same marketing consulting I normally do, mm-hmm. but in yep. music industry, yeah, cool. stuff along those lines, but I will be selling some products too. And, you know, again, I, I, it, it's not that I'm like hiding anything. I'd rather just wait till it's out there. Then I could talk about it. Cause I'm not hundred yeah, percent cool. sure which direction I'm going to go in myself. Sure. Yeah. But, you got the but back- by the time this comes out, something should be up on the website. Yeah. Cool. Well, you've got, you know, you got the background, the skills obviously to draw on that. Do you find, um, well, one thing I'm really fascinated with is the business side of things of for the people I talk to because, um, yeah, I'm not in business for myself. I'm a I, I run a small business, I guess, as a as a part time you know semi professional musician. But um, I'm always fascinated by the jumps that the the leap of faith that people make. You know, when did they become? When did they go full time into music? Or you know, they've been building pedals. When did they decide? Okay, we're going to go all out with this. Did you see any links between um, the people you talk to, like the musicians you interview, and and some of the business background that you have in terms of them running a small business themselves? Yes, it's it's identical. This is a small business, and they have the same problems most small businesses do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm contemplating offering is actually some sort of like a group consulting where musicians or whoever artists or whoever one can pay a fee and we can have like a a, a, a monthly open q a phone call you know stuff mm-hmm. like that um but because i think there's a big need for that based on all the guys i've spoken to and like look most small business owners they have the number one problem is marketing and selling okay. how do you get your more services how do you get more leads how do you communicate with them how do you uh, get how do you take your product and expand your catalog how do you get more money out of it so i and i i see this every day every everyone i speak to they are all running a small business yeah, yeah. and most of these unlike not unlike small businesses most of them if not all of them and all more so in music have never been educated on any aspect of business yeah absolutely like even basic things do i inc- i was shocked nobody is incorporated okay now i've asked them why and some of them said well you know, one of the things you get is liability protection, but they're like, you know, what am I going to get sued for playing a bad note? <laughs> no, you're not going to get sued for that. But there's also certain tax. You get a lot more liberal tax deductions as a small business owner with no ceiling underneath that you have to do X amount of dollars before. It's just a lot of business benefits that you would get to that and you can set up retirement plans inside of a business you can't do that individually so and my actually i got out of i I don't do this for a living nor would i pretend to but 
when I got graduated college, I was a, a CPA, which is like a chartered accountant over okay. there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that for like three or four years. So, I mean, I, I have a – and then I had another business where I was doing financial planning. So I've grown up – you know, I've had pretty good business seasoning. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very much that way. And I give these – that's why I really give these guys all a lot of credit because they're going out there every day running a business and mm. they don't even, re you know, they don't, they're running without a net for the most part. Yeah, right. So that's a good question, actually. Cool. What What are you doing when you're, um, when you're not podcasting or marketing or hustling? <laughs> uh, I, I like to work out. Yeah. A lot. Um, I like sports. I've been with my wife 25 years. We got awesome. a great relationship. I like spending time with her. Yeah. We're on the 10 yard line now. Our last kid is almost out of the house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She's 17. And she's welcome to stay as long as she wants. <laughs> um, we made it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Two other kids. I have a granddaughter. Um, so, you know, mu uh, I like working out, playing music, photography, spending time with my wife, traveling. I like smoking cigars. I'm, coffee i'm not like a big partier to be mm -hmm. honest with you i mean i'll have a drink once in a while but i'm not you know this is not really my thing sure. um i just like to meet people and learn about them you know how about yourself what are your hobbies well yeah it's funny i mean i, I sort of see the, this podcast as an, an elaborate hobby at least um, yeah that i do because i got my day job I'm, I'm playing gigs i've got you know i've got my family my wife my wife and two kids um so that's 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 full time already. So yeah. um, I love putting the podcast together. That's that's been a lot of fun this last year and a half or so. Um, but outside of that, I, I ride a bike. I've just gotten into bike riding the last few years. But all back into it since you know being a kid, trying to keep a bit fit, and um, that's been a lot of fun. Loving that. Do you do that with your wife or, or alone? Oh, mostly alone. Mostly alone. But sometimes we'll go as a family. Yep. So it's good. There's some nice that's bike cool, tracks man. around here where i live so um yeah that's that's cool that's cool um that's me like reading when i get time do a bit of writing here or there you know it's funny i was such a big reader i mean i read a book a month for probably like 18 years and then once i started playing guitar i stopped altogether i think i've read maybe two books in the last three books in the last two years uh -huh. i just you know like you just said it's full you can only do so much man yeah 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 you know it, it's it's just hard to, 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 you know, fit enough hours into the day sometimes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, man, if you got the guitar bug, I'd say run with it, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather put my time on that. I'm Like I was talking to my son about that when I first started playing. I said, Nick, I feel bad. I'm not reading. His dad, look, you've read enough books. Take your time off. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need permission to do something, even <laughs> even if it's you don't need permission to do it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So it's yeah. funny. There's a bike race that I did once with my son and I'm, I'm thinking about doing it with my wife. Uh, it's, it's called a, it's a 40 mile bike. It's, they call it a race. It's not a race, huh. but they basically shut down major arteries in New York city. Okay. Cool. And you bike ride 40 miles and you, there's five boroughs like provinces, I guess, kind of in each, in the city and you go to each one yeah. And it's a 40 mile race. And at the end you go over the Vera, I think it's the Verrazano Narrows bridge. It's like the, it has, it's supposedly the biggest, uh, uh angle ascension okay. bridge in the country. And man, 
my legs were so <laughs> I had to get up. I well, I got up halfway and I had to walk the other half <sighs> until I got to the peak. But it's a really cool race, man. Oh man, full on. That's it's, cool. Man, I'm I'm yeah. such a slow coach. I, I I just I just dawdle. I just stroll along. I get oh, I, so do we. Yeah. I get I get overtaken by the by the guys in there in the lycra, who are oh yeah, yeah. who are you know, fully engaged. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, well, it's, it's funny. It's I fun. I got into bike riding like I don't know eight or nine years ago, and I would call around and find out you know hey do you guys you know there's like a lot of clubs. Mm -hmm. But like the minimum speed they're doing is 20 miles an hour, which wow. that's like if you just start, that's like I was a lot. That's way too quick for me. I was like, <laughs> I was pressing it at 13. You know, I was like, uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, but it's a fun bike riding is fun, man. Yeah. Cool. Hey, um, hey, podcasts. Like you, you, you're obviously you're running one. We're running one. Do you listen to listen to many? I I don't listen to many because mm -hmm. of my time, but I'll tell you what I and the ones I do listen to yep. are all about um, <laughs> marketing and making money, <laughs> which is terrible. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I listen to there's a really good one called Side Hustle. Uh -huh. They're like six to eight minute episodes each. Um, I listen to Indie Hackers which is another kind of a side hustle thing. Mm -hmm. I listened to uh, Tube Buddy Express, which is about making money on YouTube. Um, you know, I guess I've replaced my business education. I, I do listen to Mark Maron's podcast once in a while. I don't know if you know him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I listen to that sometimes. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He gets some um, I good do musicians not... on too. Like He, he does. Yeah. He, he, he plays guitar, I think. So yeah. I think that's his thing yeah um i think i've replaced my my business education and reading through podcasting uh-huh you know um but uh, how about you yeah i i guess uh, i guess the gateway for me wanting to start the podcast was being a fan in the first place i guess so i've like like you said you know I like people's stories that sort of thing so i'd listen to stuff like um this american life um there's an Australian one called Conversations, which is great. So that kind of stuff. And then even though music was, was you know, such a big focus, I, I got more into biographical stuff first. But, yeah, eventually started listening to some more music and guitar-related ones too. Um, Jude Gold's podcast is great. Um, yeah, I've listened to that. It is really good. He's fantastic. Um, he's a brilliant guitar player in his own right. I, I spoke yes. to him about this time last year, which was which was awesome on for my show. Um, Amps and Axes is great. Those guys are consistently, yep, really good. They've been going for um, over two hundred episodes, you know, week by week. Which of course you'll eclipse by March or something, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I, I'll have like by the end of this year. Let's see. I don't know. By March, I will have a hundred. No, I'll just hit one seventy in March. I'll probably hit. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I'll probably hit 200. It looks like in May. Yeah. Cool. I I, I feel like I should say though that I, I haven't listened to all 119, but whenever I've listened to your show, they've been great. So it's not as if you just just yeah you know, cookie cutter just getting them out there to get the numbers on the board. They're they're actually great no. episodes, and you obviously take a lot of care in um, thank you in presenting them, no. and being thoughtful. Thanks. That really means a lot to me. I, I have a really good work ethic that I'm not like a guy that brags, but I'm really ha proud of my work ethic. And I don't, I think, uh, I think work ethics, one of those things that 
is really important definition of your character. Mm, absolutely. And, and, and I think how you do one thing is how you do everything. I mean, if you ha- you either have a good work ethic and you have that in everything you do, mm. or you don't. Yeah. You know, it's like being pregnant. Like I said earlier, I think you know, it's <laughs> you either are or you're you not. Are you not. Yeah, you know, I I really do work hard, and and I've always been that way. I mean, I I was a when, you know, I've published marketing programs, and I always, you know, it was really important to me that I have, you know, I just I have good pride of ownership, and I would mm-hmm. never ever in a million years turn anything out in any business or hobby. That wasn't. I'm not saying it's great, but that's not. They haven't given 110. percent Yeah, yeah, yeah. You awesome. Know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm pretty in, I'm pretty intense if you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually 10 times more chilled out than I've ever been, so. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Hey, it's fun talking to you because I, I just get the feeling that we are from totally opposite sides of well not only the world but um yeah, just I don't know. I don't know. We just the opposites attract things. I love talking to the super driven people. Not that I'm not driven, but there's just different levels and and um, no no I, t- I totally get I it and I, I'm the same you know I totally get it you're 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 in this and you're doing it just as a hobby whereas me I'm taking this into the business world because that's all I know yeah yeah you know that sure. that's that's what I know I, I don't know that I could do some outside of playing guitar quite frankly I don't know that I could do something just for, no that's not true because i i take pictures into photography mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i just something that takes this much you know I, i'm the kind of person though like if i i could do this as a hobby if i did it like you did you know once once a week you know twice a month yeah but this was something that like it was really weird man i almost felt like i had a calling to do this mm-hmm. i've never felt like that about anything i've done in my life outside of when i learned how to write ad copy there was something about that too, but um, there's been a few things that have just been like, you know, like that, and this is one of them. Yeah, you awesome. know, like this is, and I I just get really good feedback from the people I interview. And, yeah, fantastic. You know what that's like when you isn't it rewarding when you when you you know put together an interview and the other person says, "Hey, man, I really appreciate that." Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, it's just it's it's nice to know that your hard work was like you know that there's a good experience in it for i don't know about you i always feel i have two quote customers one is the listener and one is the interviewee yeah absolutely and and so i want to make sure that both of them have a really good experience so i do you know whatever i can to make that happen yeah cool that is great and and i'll tell you one thing i did though that i had to um i interviewed a guy named uh uh, Jimmy, not Jimmy Wallace. Um, why am I having a brain fart now? Uh, Dave, David Wallace, mm-hmm. and David was in the in the Las Vegas, um, you know, the shooting they had there, literally right in the thick of it. Okay. And his interview was scheduled for that day, and he said, and I said, "How you doing?" And he was like, "Man, this is a week after, like." three, four, five days after it happened. And I said, how you doing? He goes, man, I was just in Vegas. I'm like, holy shit, you're kidding me. And he was, and I could just tell, like he wanted to tell his story. And I said, hey, listen, and we started talking. I said, would you like to do, you know, this podcast just about your story there? And then we could do your regular one, you know, reschedule in a couple of weeks. He goes, yeah, I'd really like to do that. And I felt, 
I felt really good because I just some I'm I kind of good with people and I have a sixth sense sometimes and I just felt like man he really needed to unload that and I went out of my way to make sure that anything we discussed that I didn't like sensationalize it mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. I went out of my way to make sure I would not approach this like some you know overzealous journalist trying to get a hot scoop because I was really empathetic about what he had just gone through and I didn't and I and you know, had I asked certain questions, I probably could have, I, I didn't, I just felt good helping the guy out, you know, yeah. and, 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 uh, and, you know, and, and I, and I, and even most of my people don't listen to their episodes. And I said, Hey, listen, I, I want you and your wife listen to this, make sure you're good with everything, mm-hmm. you know? And, and he was like, no, we don't. I said, no, no, just go on it. Cause you know, when you have an emotional thing like that, you're, you're more apt to say something and then later say, Oh, maybe I need to cut it. I shouldn't have said that. So I didn't want him to have any like buyer's remorse, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Cool. So that was really, I was, I felt good about that. Cause I think I, I felt like I helped him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that's awesome. But yeah, we're, I'm just like a type a, and like I said, Matt, I'm, <laughs> I'm I've never been more mellow in my life. I'm so, so, <laughs> That's cool, man. That's really cool, man. I would, I'm, I'm so into the podcast too. I would, I would love to do more, but I just had to reconcile. Not at the first, even it took me a while into it. You know, I'm not going to be able to do every interview, um, which bums me out. But you know, there'll be an opportunity. And I've, I've got my day job. I've got something else I'm doing. I can't, right? I can't catch that artist when they're available or whatever. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of at maximum capacity, but it's just. It's just a no, slow, I totally slow get pace, it. but still enjoying it all the same. Yeah, it's funny. I'm at maximum capacity now. I don't know, like, like I've got some pretty heavy guys coming on, and I'm like, I, I, I have a list of people I cannot call for at least a thirty to sixty days. Uh huh. Just because you know, I can't say, hey, you want to come on my show? Okay, how's April? <laughs> 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 like what? It's just like you know. It's like booking a dentist appointment three years yeah, in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's a good problem. Sure. No, I'm grateful. Believe yeah. me, I am very grateful for that. That's a great problem. That's why I'm saying this is – I've never done a project that's like exploded like this. Yeah, cool. Oh. So, you know, I'm going to see this through and figure out what my role in the universe is supposed to be with it. So Cool, man. That's awesome. So, hey, uh, where can – Oh, I want to ask you one question. Yeah. And then I'll answer it if you want as well. Yeah. I just started asking this question. I think it's a good question. And if you don't want to answer this, totally cool. What has been your biggest change in your personality over the last 10 years? Huh. And how, how old are you? If you're okay. Yeah, no, I'm 46. So okay. I'm not far behind you. Okay. Mm, I reckon, uh, just thinking through it, I think for my 30s, I seem to enjoy my 30s more than my 20s. So. I felt like I was getting to know myself a bit more. Um, now, the challenge is when you start being a bit more comfortable in your own skin is not getting set in your ways. So I'm not really answering your question, but I feel like um, last 10 years, I feel like I know who I am more. I think I feel more confident in in, in being in being me. I feel like more confident in... in yeah, making decisions and, and following them through or not making decisions or deciding not to do certain things. Uh, I think as a younger person, I, I, I try to please a lot of people. 
so i've probably moved away from that for you yeah i've got um that's great i have twin daughters they're they're 12 years old so that's been a big part of the 10 years as well so sure um so that's 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 changed who i am as well in in a good way yeah 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 that's great How, how does that work for you i'd say the biggest change in my personality over the last 10 years is you know, probably a few things. Number one, as I said, I'm much, much more mellow. I was really high strung mm-hmm. and I would like overreact to stuff in general and I'd never do that at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I am like, it's actually scary. I'm like the calm one in the house <laughs> now. Everybody's like, you know, what the hell? The other thing is I I had a very diff, a rough upbringing, very difficult, and I've become comfortable being nice. I've realized that there's a that there's a difference between kindness and weakness and yeah. being kind does not imply being weak. And, and that was overwhelmingly difficult for me to, to learn because of my, my uh, background that it, and I get a lot of joy out of being nice now and I'm not worried about opening myself up and being vulnerable because it's not going to, uh, it's, you know, it's a big world. They're good people and they're bad people. You're going to get hurt sometimes. I don't take anything personal. And really, my wife and kids are the most important things to me. Is somebody going to do anything that's going to hurt me? Probably not. Not, you know, I mean, unless it's them. So I learned how to, I, I got nicer because I realized it's okay to be nice. And that's it, you know, which is like sounds ridiculous, but it was new for me not that i was a bad person ever i was never like a um but i was guarded very guarded yeah very yeah, okay. you know very much like had a wall around me and you yeah. know you're not coming in and i'm not like that at all anymore i'm totally good with it and and to and to some extent again doing this helps it's like I'm in recovery almost, you know, in a sense. <laughs> Doing this helps keep me in touch with, you know, being nice on a on an on a you know, I'm interviewing sometimes two, three people a day. Okay. And I can engage at an intimate level. And even though look, I'm not in any delusional, this isn't like deep friendships long term, because friendships come over repeated contact. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, outside of maybe some exposure on Facebook, we're not having repeated contact. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want people to sit there thinking, oh, this guy's loony, because I'm not. I understand <laughs> what, what happens here. But yeah. it's good for me to to have nice interactions with people. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So that's... That, that's, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. That's huge. That's a huge thing when you talk about being brought up and how that leads to how you respond to things and how you live your life. That's, that's a huge thing. Um, you know, being a school teacher, the hard thing is not teaching the content because I know the content that I'm trying to teach. The hard thing is 
finding where everyone's at and how I can best share that. And and what you're talking about is a similar thing. You know, your background shapes your background shapes you for for, for good or for yeah. worse. And uh, you know, some people can move beyond that. Some people can't. And you know, if you have done that, that's fantastic. That's such a huge thing. Yeah, and it's been something that's really important to me because I just felt like a I'm not getting the most out of my own life Mm -hmm. and B the people I'm around aren't getting the most out of me. So I'm depriving them, my wife and my kids, I'm depriving me. And, and again, I, I, I'm probably making this sound worse than it is. I was, I'm not like I'm a tough guy. I don't yell. I don't, but I was just, you know, not open, you know, and, and I like, being the way I am now, it's easier, less stress. Yeah, awesome. And I, and I don't take anything personal either anymore. You know, I used to take everything like, you know, if something happened, like, oh, I think someone's out to screw you. That's not true. No one, you know, no one's going to bed thinking of Craig Garber. I'm fully aware of that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just, uh, and I like me a lot better because of that. Yeah, which is, that's incredibly which freeing. Is, yeah. Yeah, it is incredibly freeing. The amount of less stress in my life is like, and it was all stress I was putting on myself. Uh huh. That's cool, yeah, man. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I I just yeah. listened to your interview with Mason from Vertex Effects the other day. Oh yeah. And um, man, I I loved it. I loved hearing the story. I mean, I I know of his story. I've heard him speak in recent years anyway. But you know, when you gave him the opportunity, if he wanted to or not, talk about the wire pedal um situation um the way you the way you responded to him was with such grace i just thought that was awesome i thought you know if i was having that conversation that's how i would have hoped to have responded and um (laughs) well thanks yeah you yeah it's just i thought you know what that's that's awesome that's uh that's great he's he's a he was a kid yeah absolutely yeah like i said to him i have kids my son's 27. My other son's 25. They might have handled that situation the same way because they have no coping skills for that. Yeah. You know, just the fact that he's got a business at that age that's taken off like that, man, my hat's off to him. Yeah. Now here's an opportunity for you to learn. Yeah. And like we, like all of us, tuition costs money or costs something. If not money, it costs mm-hmm. pain, emotional lessons, humiliation, yeah. whatever. But you learn and you move on. You know, what do you do? Hang a guy on the cross? Come on. I mean, he just made a mistake. He owned up. I mean, unless I, unless he was lying to me, I don't know the story. I take people on face value. He said he gave everybody a refund or the opportunity. I mean, okay, that sounds pretty fair to me. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then he said that people don't like the fact that he's making money. Well, they're obviously not running a business because when you run a business, that's why you run a business to earn money. I mean, newsflash, you know, so, and whatever, but yeah. Yeah. It's cool. But, but thanks. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. See, like hearing that is, is good because I'm, you know, that it, 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 uh, yeah, I appreciate your comments on that. Thank you very yeah, much. Oh. Yeah. Enjoyed the interview. So glad to, happy to pass it on back to you, man. Yeah, man, sure. thank you. That's cool. Thank you. Nice. Hey, it's been good talking. Likewise, man. Where can I want all my listeners to to listen to Matt Wakeling's show? It is, and I'm gonna you tell them where it's called Guitar Speak Podcast. 
out of Sydney, Australia. Where can they find the show and you? Okay, yeah, thanks. Um, Guitar Speak Podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, or formerly called iTunes Podcasts, um, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. Pretty much if you, whatever podcast play you, you, you play, if you put our name in there, Guitar Speak Podcast, you, you're likely to find us. Um, we've also got a blog page, um, guitarspeakpodcast.libsyn, that's L-Y-B-S-O-N dot com, and all of our episodes are there as well. So that's that's pretty much it. We're on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to come and say hi, but yeah, that's us. How about you, Craig? Because I know you're running a website as well as the awesome. uh, the podcast places. Yes, it's called Everyone Loves Guitar, and you can find us at everyonelovesguitar.com or facebook.com forward slash Everyone Loves Guitar. Mm-hmm. We are also on Instagram, and we have no posts there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I just found this software program today called Flume, F-L-U-M-E, and supposedly that okay. it's an app that will let me post stuff on there. But I have to dig into that. Uh, and we're on Twitter at just look for Everyone Loves Guitar. Yeah, nice. but uh, we're the same as you. Wherever podcasts are distributed, yeah. you could listen to us. And and by all means, man, give me feedback. You know, I really. Like I said, I think I have two two quote customers is the interviewee and the listener. And if there's something you feel I could be doing better at, don't hesitate to email me at Craig at everyonelovesguitar.com. Or we have a contact form on the webpage at everyonelovesguitar.com or you know, whatever you, you Instagram uh, apparently Instagram and Twitter you can <laughs> communicate too you can i have to de- i have to delve into that world now i'm showing my age i have to get one of my kids to like to give me the tuition give me a actually you know what one of my uh one of my guys that i interviewed that we haven't even interviewed him yet but we just like spoke a couple of times really nice really really nice guy and um it's tico hernandez everybody check him out he's a guitar player for lauren uh elena a-l-a-i-n-a so tico sends me an a text one night or, and he says, Hey Craig, it was like 11 o'clock Eastern. So I was up, I think I was just finishing some work actually, or I usually go to bed, but that night I happened to be awake or usually I'm in bed with my wife that time, but that night I happened to be awake. And I, he says, Craig, I'm really sorry to bother you, but I can't go to sleep until I get this off my chest. And I said, Hey, what's up, man? He goes, make sure you go to Instagram and Twitter and take the names for your show, <laughs> even if you're not going to use them. I'm like, man, that was so kind of you to tell me that, man. I was like really moved that he liked that. And I said, you know, I said, I said, man, I'm going to do it right now. And I took him. And so thank you, Tico, for shout out to Tico Hernandez for uh, letting me or helping me, pushing me to set up uh, the <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> the dinosaur I am. So yeah, you could find me on there. Somehow. That's awesome. And let me know anything I could do to improve the show, please. Oh, that's cool. But let me know privately, not in a public form. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Let me know. <laughs> Matt, man, I really enjoy you. I enjoy your show, and thank you for your time. This was fun. Yeah, same here, Craig. Thank you so much. Awesome. All righty. Alright, there you go. There's my conversation with Craig Garber of Everyone Loves Guitar. Please check out Craig's show. It's really great and he's uh, continually pulling great guests in. So definitely worth checking out. 
All right, thank you so much for joining me. Now, remember, you can connect with us here at Guitar Speak Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. On Facebook, we have also started the Guitar Speak Forum, which is a closed group. You can ask to be invited, and we would love to have you to talk about the episodes or any kind of guitar-related stuff. That's a really good hang, that, uh, that group page there. Okay, then. Well, I'm out of here. My name is Matt Wakeling. Thank you so much again for joining me here at the Guitar Speak Podcast. And I'll catch you next time. Bye now.